Please listen carefully. Welcome to Autism in the Wild, the show that talks about what it's really like living with autism. Here are your hosts, Noah and Chris. Welcome to Autism in the Wild, Episode 2, the podcast that talks about what it's really like living with autism. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Rao, and I'm here with my son. My name is Noah. Welcome to the show. So the first episode, we talked uh, with Noah about some of his um, experiences with school, and I would encourage you, if you are just catching this episode, to go back and listen to episode one Mm -hmm. before jumping in here. Let's just give a little bit of background for our listeners about who we are, and then we'll jump right mm-hmm. in. So, my, I'm Noah, the co-host, and um, I'm on the autism. I'm on the autism spectrum. I have a twin brother named Isaac, who's on, who's also on the spectrum, and I have a younger brother named Henry, who's who gets who is well isn't on the spectrum, but gets to a but lives essentially the life of someone who is on the spectrum. Great. And then my two parents. Yeah. Well. And then myself is, and my wife, Tyann, are parents of these awesome and crazy kids. So um, let's just jump right in. Noah, so why did you agree to be a co-host for this podcast? I feel like, well, I don't feel like I did. Um, I decided to... I decided to um, co-host partly, partly for the experience. Another part of it is to get people to understand about what autism is like, what it's about. Because if people don't really understand, they're not really going anywhere. They're just paddling upstream. And it's for some people, I'm for a lot of people who've never had to deal with it before, who have parents or with young kids who just get diagnosed, it's a, it's overwhelming. And we want to help people out that are in that situation or people who have friends or colleagues or whatever, people who are on the spectrum themselves just understand more of what it is and what it's about and like just what it's about. And for people to realize that, yes, we are people too. We are people too. That's great. Now, um, what, what is, what is, when you hear the word autism, what does that mean to you? In all in all seriousness, it means absolutely nothing. I don't, I don't, I don't link that. I don't link that to me. I don't think of myself as being on the spectrum itself. I don't. Just something I don't really think about. It isn't. It doesn't define who I am, which is definitely a, which is definitely a good thing for me. Yeah, I, I would say that. Uh, from a parent's perspective, we don't really day to day. We don't really talk about you having autism. Yeah. And when we when I talk to people about you, that that doesn't come up in conversation. Exactly. Right. Exactly. But it's it is you know a part of your life in a way because it, in the past you you've had several challenges because of your autism. Mm-hmm. And it does make you who you are, though, even though it, it doesn't define who you are. Mm-hmm. Would you say that's true? Yeah. Yeah. 
following up what Noah said, one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast, well, I'll give a little background. Someone at the local coffee shop told me that I had a voice for a podcast, and I just laughed because I've never, ever thought that before in my life. Hmm. And then I was driving home one, one night from the grocery store with Isaac, which we do a lot, <laughs> <laughs> and it just occurred to me... In my head, it just said, well, you should do a podcast about autism. Mm-hmm. So I came home, and like a day later, I asked you, and you said... I agreed to helping out with this, and then we started figuring out ideas, people who we could invite to help out with this, how things are going to work and stuff, just a lot of brainstorming and ideas, and what we need to buy, what we need to download, stuff like stuff like that, platforms and stuff like fun stuff like that. So not only are you one of the co-hosts, you're actually one of the um, producers and very integral in making this podcast go, right? Well, yeah. Yeah, I haven't really started doing anything about that yet since we're recording these probably weeks or maybe even months in advance before these come out, but over the next few weeks or months or however how long it's going to be, we'll, I will start to tackle some of those post-recording things of getting stuff ready. Great. And then Henry's going to help out too. So yeah, it'll be kind of a fun project. So, okay, let's talk about growing up with autism. When did you, when did you first know that you had autism and, and what did that really, when did you come to understand what that meant for you? When I was in preschool, I went through preschool and went through the motions and stuff and I didn't feel I knew I was different, but I didn't really know what any of that what that any of that meant. And then kindergarten came around. I was paired with one with a one on one associate full time, and that's when I started to realize, oh, I'm in a little bit of a different situation than everyone else is, which was kind of a little bit of a shock for five year old me. But I <laughs> when I started talk, when I started asking questions and I got answers and things started to sort of click. For me, and over the years, I've figured out more stuff about why I'm like this or like that or stuff, like, things like that. And it just kind of, it's just been kind of a slow process of trying to figure out where I am. What was it like having autism? It's, it is some. What does uh, that mean? Me, what does that mean to you? To me, whenever I think about it, I don't think about it too much, really, but it just means I'm a little different than everyone else's, but everyone's different from everyone else, no matter what. But to me, I feel like it, when I was younger, that meant to, that meant to me, I'm, dis, I'm at a disadvantage when it comes to making relationships with other people, since talking is hard <laughs> for me. Yeah, so the next question I was going to ask you, Noah, is what are some things that would you would you say in your opinion what are some things that autism helps you with makes you better at just having a just it gets me it's i get better it blah i can't talk it got me better at becoming more routine oriented for sure this kind of isaac helped out with that too helps out with that a lot mm-hmm. as well but i mean I became more like, I get up at this time every day, I do this at this, and I know if I don't do this this certain thing by this time in the morning, I'm not going to be, 
I'm not going to be on time when I usually get to school and stuff like that. And things just get thrown off, and I don't, and it just kind of, my day starts. Like, if I'm not at school by, like, I get to school early in the morning. Like, school doesn't start till like, 7.55, but I'm there, like, at 7 every day. And if I'm not there, like, between, like, 7 or 7.10, I, some re- for some strange reason, I just get kind of thrown off. Mm-hmm. And then the day just, and then start off in a, sh- day starts off shaky and it doesn't really recover too well. Yeah, that's that's for sure, and I I, I actually kind of can, feel that way. And a that can bit be too. people can always be like that, but it's more or less a thing with people with autism. Yeah, probably more so. pronounced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, would you say uh, would it be fair to say that the ability for you to focus on one thing, like when you get into a book, reading it, yes. you can kind of tune everything out. Yeah, for sure. So I what I've seen with you is. One of the things with your autism, it really helps you to focus and on something you really enjoy, and mm-hmm. you can just dive into a book and just lose yourself. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is great when you're doing that, but it's at the same time, it depends on what context. Exactly. So, so what are maybe a, a thing or two that um, your autism uh, causes some struggles? And you've already mentioned. The social interaction. Yes. Would you say that's the biggest thing? Yeah. And then this is for, I think, I'm guessing everyone, everyone I've met has dealt with this, but on the spectrum that I've met has dealt with this, but um, sensory things, mm. like, could be anything from, like, weird things you touch or, like, things you hear or smell or anything like that. Like, our, I feel like our senses are more enhanced. And, like, it kind of just, like... This doesn't it affects us more than people realize i would i would definitely agree with that noah because when you were little you would you would be really uh you would have a, go into a meltdown if certain people with a very booming voices would walk into a room mm-hmm. you were always kind of feeling and touching couches and different textures uh-huh. with that you and you and your brother both had major issues with um, food textures. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. But would you say that the the sensory stuff is? Uh, it's not as much of a problem anymore for me, at least. There's you, some things. There's some things that will stick around. As things always do, but sure. it isn't as much of a problem as it was 10, 10, 15 years ago. Do you think that's because you're um, you're older or in your body's different or do you think it's just something you've learned to adapt to i feel like it's a combination of the two because when you said get older i knew that i know people that are my age but also struggle still with sensory stuff i feel Mm -hmm. like it's just more adapting it's a combination of the two for me so maybe you've learned to adapt to the world around Mm -hmm. you more than the world's adapt adapting to you exactly yeah i I think that i see that with other people on the spectrum as well Mm mm-hmm uh, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, okay, all right. No, let's see. Let's go into another question here. So, what are some of the things that autism has enabled you to to do that without it that maybe you weren't able to experience or do? I've experienced the I've I well, I met some, I met some good friends through it for people from like events and stuff like that. But I've also done. I've been through some, I've helped, I've helped slash done some events down at 
University of Northern Iowa with like one of my, a good colleague of mine, a good family friend named Greta, Greta Burkhammer. She's a great person. And I've helped her out with some things that she's done to help people like with on the spectrum. She's a she does theater stuff. So like I she did this thing. She started this thing a few years ago called Spectrum Theater. I think it was like fifth or sixth grade or like something like that, and. I participated and I helped her out with stuff and I gave her feedback and just kind of helped and I'm we're still close and we still talk and stuff like that and then another thing one of my another colleague of mine Dr. Kevin Dro he did he started a thing called Spectrum Music which is just like Spectrum Theater but it's with music stuff and then they sort of combined it and they and they sort of like combined it a few years later and they do like this thing that's just called the Spectrum Project really creative name i know but um they they like to this is like the, they've done it for three years now isaac isn't but hasn't been involved i he has been involved i have not been involved but mm-hmm. i have a few i know a few friends that go to that go to you and i and then a few a few of my high school friends who've helped out over the years with stuff like that with that with that thing and then they most recently they've had they had their performance thing that they've led up to at the Gallagher Blue Door in Cedar Falls just last weekend. And it's, they did it from January to April. And it's a, it was a good, it, it's good for people on the spectrum and stuff like that. Yeah, it's very, <laughs> it's very inclusive. And mm-hmm. we're very fortunate to live um, in Cedar Falls. We were right down the road from University of Northern Iowa. So with the university comes the theater department, like Noah mentioned. Yeah. Um, and then all the students that you you really do need to have uh, a program like Spectrum Theater yeah. or Spectrum Project, and it isn't. And I feel like the college kids that help out get more from it than than we do because they get to experience what we're like, and they like we get to do more. They get better at the whole socializing thing, more events and stuff. Ooh, people, they exist. But like they understand, but they are they start to understand how we are as people and stuff, and un- start to understand more, which is again always a great thing for people to understand just how things work. Yeah, that's I totally agree with you, Noah. I I've said for a long time that like you guys and other people on the spectrum um, teach other people more than you mm-hmm. ever are taught. Yeah, anyone that has an opportunity to work with a a kid on the spectrum or adult uh, is going to learn just so much about mm-hmm. that person and about themselves and really about just life in general. Because mm-hmm. uh, once you once you have a, a child or two um, with special needs, everything changes. And instead of you know one path that you thought you were taking, you end up going down a different path. And it's not a a bad path; it's just different. And Every every path could lead to really great, wonderful things mm-hmm. that you discover along the way that you never expected to. Yeah, and so that's I, th- I think in future episodes we'll talk to mom about this and mm-hmm. get her perspectives on things. But f- from my point of view, this the experiences we've had with people like Greta and, mm-hmm. and, and Kevin Dro uh, are just awesome, and yeah. we're very very fortunate <clears throat> to have experienced those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any other experiences that you can think of off the top of your head here, kind of putting you on the spot? 
for that maybe has changed who you are or changed your perspectives on things? Would you say? Be- Besides those two, nothing really, like, in terms of, like, people on the spectrum and stuff. There's mm-hmm. been things that have changed me, like, as a person in terms of, like, how life works and stuff like that. But, like, that's not the role of this podcast. It's more autism stuff. And that's... Well, tell I me don't... tell me something about it because I think it's important for people to understand that it doesn't have to be autism-specific to order to, you know, to, to change your change your life or give you perception on things. I think it's important for people to understand that you're just like every other kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're still people. Like we're still people, and I know a guy named Joey. He's a he's a cool dude, but and he is on the spectrum, I believe. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and he was a. He know he's very. He learned he did he did this program. I think that's like, don't quote me on this, but I think like with typing or something like that. Yeah. Yep. And he can't really. One thing that this was something that I didn't realize, but like he, he's a very smart guy, which I knew that before, beforehand. But like he said, like he can't control his body sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like he wants things to be able to say things or just communicate stuff, but he can't because his body does not necessarily let him to do so. Mm-hmm. Which was eye opening to me because I never really had thought about it in that way before. Since I don't, since I never really knew anyone in that situation, mm-hmm. that's just one example. Yeah, yeah, and actually, I think uh, he would be a good guest for our podcast coming maybe, maybe. sometime. Yeah, cool. Okay, well, those are great. Let's let's see. Uh, what do you want to talk about next? Do you want to talk about your brother a little bit more, or do you want to talk about some of the activities that you enjoy? brother all right. Isaac alright so I'll give a little background Isaac is Noah's twin brother and um, he is he goes to a special school with a this it's a school is a K-12 school that for for people who have um, severe and profound disabilities including autism and the school is is tremendous and we're very blessed and fortunate that he gets to go there and Isaac just loves loves school he loves his teacher he loves to work mm-hmm. he loves a lot of things so no in 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 your words what tell people let people know who isaac is from my brother's perspective he is he's a great person but he's also more but he's also a pain <laughs> to deal with sometimes is well, that because he's your brother yeah probably that Okay, um, so he's a he is very routine oriented, which a lot of people on the spectrum are. But like he, and it's pretty much just change. It pretty much controls us too, since if he's not if he's routine oriented, the entire family is routine oriented and stuff. And one thing that I learned really quickly about him is that even though he can't communicate as well as us, he tries his damn best to get the point across. <laughs> and it works 90% of the time. It's that 10% of the time that doesn't that when he doesn't get the point across, when he gets frustrated and stuff like that. And how does he how does he communicate to us? 
phrases, a lot of phrases and stuff, and we know him well enough that we we've been we've been around him long enough to know what things mean and stuff sure. like that, and like things like that. At school, he uses his device. He uses his device, but his device is just in the corner, charging or whatever like that. At home, it doesn't he never uses it? And hey, what do you mean by device? He has a he has a speech device he can type into and stuff like that to talk and stuff like that with phrases in there and. You can type stuff out. It helps him out at school. I never personally seen him use it at school since I don't follow him around. But I heard that I heard that he does wonders with yeah. that thing. And for those who aren't familiar, it's a speech generating device, and it's uh, his is one where you can have different boards where you can go to a food board, and then there's pictures with the words, and you can touch it, and it'll add speak or add to the sentence and you can build sentences or you can just type and it has word prediction and mm-hmm. so he's able to, to 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 communicate through that so one one story that might be good to share with people to help people understand isaac's routine in the in the first episode we talked about how we went to san diego mm-hmm. and he had his clock and he didn't want to change the time in the clock yeah so what was the other big Thing, a big anxiety inducer when we went to San Diego. Oh yeah, we didn't have. We flew out there because we were not. We did not want to drive thirty hours out there. That would have been not fun. But so we went out there, and he was mad and anxious the entire time because we didn't have our our van that we normal that we normally drive. Since it was our first vacation that we've had, that we've actually not driven somewhere like we've been down to. My uncle's down in Atlanta. We drove down there 16 hours one one way. Went out to D.C. 16 hours one way on, in driving and stuff like that. In South Dakota and stuff. I've done all this stuff, but it's been in, in the car. In the car. So the plane itself wasn't what got, isn't what riled him up. It was when we got there and we had to rent a car. It was like, oh, crap. This is not what it usually is. And he was kind of... And he was anxious about that and stuff like that the entire time so we we rented a minivan because that's what we have here yeah we thought when we rented it we said well we could get something different but we thought well we'll get the van because we're used to the van exactly and then when we got into the van and started driving towards our hotel isaac started seeing white car white car and it took us a while and he was pointing well it took us a while to figure out he was wanting our car, which is not white, it's silver. Mm-hmm. So, he, you know, it's that was part of the confusion at first. But then once we realized, we said, oh, do you want our our car? He's like, yes. Come on, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a, a source of anxiety the entire week we were on vacation. Yeah. Um, and so recently, just this week, we were looking at making plans for our, our trip this summer. Mm-hmm. And we were looking to, to fly again because it... it we realized we can fly as mm-hmm. a family. Yeah. And we had everything worked out. Like we had good flight schedule and it was going it was going to be great. And my wife Tyanne, she brought it up to Isaac and he got so upset to the point of tears. And we thought it was because he he got motion sickness in the plane the first time and we were able to take care of that on the way that. home. Yeah. But it wasn't the plane and the and the air sickness it was actually the the rental car mhm he was so uh, upset about not having our car with us on the trip mhm 
So I think we're actually going to drive out this year. Yeah, I'm so, fine with that. And and we talked about it as a family, and and we're we're going to drive. So mm-hmm. these are things that um, I think a lot of families don't even realize that families on this who have other family members on the spectrum have to think about and go through mm-hmm. and sometimes you you end up you know spending more <laughs> two more days of travel time than you maybe you wanted to do yeah but in the end we want to be able to get to our destination and be able to enjoy it and not have the anxiety of not having our mm-hmm. car mm-hmm. so that's that's a little bit about Isaac yeah yeah he's uh He's very anxious about certain things, wouldn't you say? Yes. Yeah. Okay, Noah, I think we're going to wrap up this this episode. But Mm -hmm. before we go, so we'd like to give advice to people Mm -hmm. because we're trying to educate. So in terms of activities outside of school, what would be your advice to parents or other people on the spectrum about um, activities? Get people involved. Get your kids or whoever you're you're aiming this at to people with to to do activities that involve like a something they like because if they don't like the activity then why would you do it and b is to just do something with people something that gets them to get more connections with other people because that helped me out quite a bit got sort got me on my shell just a little bit and i was it helped me it helped me out tremendously and just kind of just get them more comfortable with other people and stuff like that and socializing and stuff like that. Something outside of school as well. And would you say parents should kind of get their kids out of their comfort zones? Yes, for sure. Yeah. So I don't know that you were too excited about doing the Spectrum Theater. No, no sort of. It, you kind of grew into the idea over time. Mm-hmm. And we'll uh, we'll talk to Greta about that a little bit in yeah. the upcoming episode. But mm-hmm. um, from a parent's perspective, I, I totally agree with what Noah said. You know, a couple of things that we've done uh, for Isaac in particular was before we he starts a new activity, we go to that location. Um, like if it's a location he's never been to before, just so he can kind of get used to the idea of going to that location. So, for example, um, the performance for the Spectrum Project was at a different location than what they practiced. So we were able to go to the new um, location, and in fact, they had all the kids go there, but it was really good to, to have have them go to that location more than once so that they can get acclimated and kind of used to that. Mm-hmm. So just things like that, just to kind of ease the anxiety um, just because the kids are going to be anxious and it might not work doesn't mean you should do it. You should yeah. You should give it a try. Exactly. All right. Any th- other thoughts before we exit nope. today? All right. Well, Noah, thanks for your insights. No problem. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Autism in the Wild. Thanks for listening. <laughs>